You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening ashe. to Time For an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network, on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotel family, hope everything goes well with you. Hope you're going to have a good day today. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you had a chance to do all the things you wanted to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping that the weather was accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it was not and it had to be done, it you got it done. There's no doubt about it. You got it done. 
And that's why we have a lot of love and respect for you. Because you don't put it off. You get it done. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can go to our archives at Time for an Awakening. Dot com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. In the drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that. And then there will be programs that are dated and titled. Of course, there's a shortcut. If you, whatever search engine you use, just put in babaoshi.net. B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net. Babaoshi.net. And then once again, that'll take you right to those programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. This program, once again, is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And, of course, all times are going to give our Eastern times. Um, didn't get a call back from uh, Brother Alfonso Watkins. Tried to get him on the phone to find out when he is going to be reviving Black Reality Think Tank in honor of Dr. William Rogers and doing that program. That's going to be on Tuesdays. It's going to be the same time slot from 8 to 10 on Tuesdays. Then on Fridays, for 8 p.m. on Fridays, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturday from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. I, I tried to listen to it, but I had some other stuff that I had to do. But, you know, I'm trying to listen to it, see how the program is going to go. And then, of course, on Sunday, once again, at 7 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses, is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses. Webuyblack.com. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans. Brother Mamani Tahimba is back, and he's going to be leaving again. Um in March, March 29th to April 9th, going to Senegal and Gambia. The Gambia Belongo. In fact, that's a, that's a side note I'm going to give you in a minute. Um, <clears throat> yeah, in fact, um, where am I at? <laughs> okay. Yeah, brother, you, you, you're doing too much. Senegal and Gambia March 29th to April 9th, and then in May, May 24th to June 5th, to Ghana, July 20th to July 30th, to Rwanda, November 16th through the 27th, Tanzania, December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azenia, and then March 29th to April 9th, 2024, Liberia. All of these trips are trips of a lifetime that you can take. You can go on the website, Africa for the Africans, put a down payment down and pay on it, uh, whatever, how you want to, monthly, weekly, you know, every other month, whatever, until it's paid. And then there you are. You're ready to go. All the information is there for you. The, the forms you may need, the, the visas you may need, the shots you may need, all of that's in right there for you. Africa for the Africans dot org. 
If you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007-2007. Habashaw. Habashawincorporated.org. Habashaw stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. And that's what they have done. The great programs that they have here uh, in the Atlanta area, in fact. Habashaw works. Black to our roots, sustainable seeds, golden growers, and the urban green jobs. The main program that they have going on, of course, in on the continent, in Ghana, the Kashi Pro, the Kashi Project. Beautiful buildings they have. I mean, all kinds of experiments, all kinds of stuff that they're doing. Brothers and sisters, go online to HabashaWorksIncorporated.org and you can see for yourself what's being done. Ledge Group, Ledge, Land. For the environmental development of group economics. Brother Peter Brown, Ledge Group. The Ledge Group deals in the four areas of human existence, for the four vital areas of human existence, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries with over 170 employees and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters, become a member of the Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development of Group Economics. Abibiatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, com. The website looks beautiful. They have offered a lot of courses, a lot of stuff for sale. Uh, you know, Brother Cambon is outstanding. His father, Kamal Cambon, his mother, Mawian Cambon, beautiful people. His sister, Nataki Cambon, beautiful people, the Cambon. They are living in Ghana. They're offering Medinetra, uh, beginning Medinetra course, introduction to the Medinetra, primary introduction to the Akan, the Ashanti and Tree courses, a master class, uh, intermediate Yoruba, Yoruba course. So, and then of course, there's all kinds of other um, programs and things that they offer. Brothers and sisters, go to abibiatumi.com, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com. It's my pharmacy. Smy Pharmacy, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Smyfarmacy.com. If, um, you know, it's, it's that new year, and if you want to do some changes to your diet, do some changes to your lifestyle, do some changes, contact Brother Jabril at 770-765-7751. That's 770-765-7751. If you want to drop him an email, Go to smyfarmacy at gmail, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. Brother and sister, will put a whole program together for you, and um, you'll be living right. All right? Okay. The MosesWestFoundation.org. The MosesWestFoundation.org, and of course, the Jackson Water Rescue, uh, what this brother has done to assist Jackson, Mississippi in its water problems. We had uh, Brother Apollo and we had uh, Brother um, Cammie Kitchens on this past Friday. And um, he texted me the information about the water czar. And uh, just a little note. He says, uh, Marilyn Mumba does know Moses West and what the Moses West Foundation is all about. He's talked to West over a year ago, but no action. When he talked to his colleagues, so I, and I'm hoping I didn't give the impression on Friday that um, that Mayor Lumumba was saying what's in it for me. 
his colleagues talked about what's in it for them, you know. And uh, please have followers demand that the city take action to use Moses West system for an alternative emergency clean water, drinking water solution. And of course, you can contact the mayor's office. Uh, you can contact Tiffany Murray. She's the executive assistant to the mayor. The phone number is 601-960-1084. And her email is tmurray at jackson ms government at jackson ms.gov. Again, her email address is tmurray at, <clears throat> yep, it's tmurray at jacksonms.gov the office of the mayor and uh, if you want to send a note the office of the mayor 219 President Street Jackson Mississippi 9 excuse me 39205 the office of the mayor 219 President Avenue oh it's not Oshie it's President Street (laughs) 219 President Street Jackson Mississippi 39205. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yep. So, contact that, that czar. Ten, uh, Ted Heflin, 757-274-7904. Email address, Ted, T-E-D dot Heflin, H-E-N-I-F-N-I-A at gmail.com. He's the water czar for and I will be giving this out continuously. Uh, that's what, that's what's, you know, if we're going to have some progress in this, they must know that there are a lot of people who are interested that progress be done and that things be changed. So we want to do that, okay? All right, fam. All right, fam. So that's the Moses West Foundation. And, of course, you can donate. Um, go on the website, put in Water Rescue, and you can donate specifically for that and other things that he's doing. Okay. Uh, Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located on the West End here in the Atlanta area. Uh, I'm Ralph David Abernathy Street. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. Brothers and sisters, give them a call at 404-444-1635. 404-444-1635. Wadada's is located right across the street from Soul Vegetarian Restaurant, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. Okay, so give them a call. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Can't speak enough about Mama Nia. Appreciate her and, and, and what she's done. The bookstore and all the things that she's done. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, t-shirts, figurines, and all kind of good stuff. So give her a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The Black Dot Cultural Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Located in Lithonia, east of Atlanta, off of I-20. When you exit 74, make a left and about a mile down. On the left will be the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Give Brother Gazimdi Ajamu a call at 770-305-6373-770-305-6373. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar, because there is light in the Black Dot. Jump back on that street, head back, okay, head back south, 
and then make a left onto Interstate I-20 going east. The next exit is exit 75, Turner Hill Road. Take that exit, make a right, and then three lights. Make another right, and there will be the new Black Wall Street Market, the new Black Wall Street Market family. Cap, uh, us lifting us, us lifting us to every Thursday night, the Thursday night broadcast from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash us lifting us. If you want to dial because you have a question, comment, or concern, or if you just want to listen, you can dial 929-477-2789. Now that's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, not open on Mondays, open tomorrow, Tuesday, until Sunday at 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, located 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. Brother Abij has got it going on, man. He's selling everything. He's got furniture. He's got clothing. He's got oils, incense, CDD, DVDs, CDs, you name, you name it, jewelry, Pan-African fashions. Uh, Brother BJ, and he even has a vegan restaurant on the premise. So check him out at 478 256 1166. That's 478 256 1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Ashe. Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. Inside the International Discount Mall at Booth 225. For more information, contact my good sister Shelly Amonset at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay Dash Haiti, Sister Gabby, outstanding work that she's been doing. You got to check her out. Call on the website at sanjay-haiti.org. Look at the children, the educational program they offer the health care that you provide, the entrepreneurial program, and, of course, sustainable agriculture. Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E, dash, Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay, dash, Haiti dot org. All right. So, the Akaban House, Akaban Institute, they have a program coming up, uh, Baba Baruti, um, the, the fourth I'm going to get information on that. I don't have it handy at this moment, but I will get that information on the fourth. But of course, Ackerman Institute, educating our young warriors, brothers and sisters, he does not take any money outside of who we are. He relies on the donations, and I send mines in consistently for years now because I truly believe in what they're doing. And I hope that you understand and would too. Send them a donation. You can you can use a check or you know send them through mail. Make it out to Alcabin Institute, P.O. Box one zero seven eight six, Atlanta, Georgia three zero three one zero. Or you can use PayPal. Yah Baruti, Yah Y A A Baruti B A R U T I at Yahoo dot com. Cash App dollar sign Yah Y A A the letter M and then Baruti B A R U T I to make your donations. Also two brothers and sisters Ackerman House because Baba Broody is a prolific writer has books coming out you know so 
AkabinHouse.com for the fine selections of information that he provides. Yep, I tell you, one of the things that he does, of course, is he writes the in Inya Sasim, the Inya Sasim. I think I got it right now. Mama Yah told me it's, it's like my name, Yah, Inya Sasim, not Inye. That's how I'm pronouncing it. But you know what? I do the best I can. <laughs> I do the best I can, Jack. I'm a high school dropout. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is, you know, I, since he came out with the Inyasa Sim of Daily Revolutionary Thought, uh, I was one of the first one to buy it and I understood that, hey, yeah, before each program, I'd read the day of that program. And, and as I stated many times, a lot of times, I don't use the, I don't read them beforehand before I even pick a topic or there is a topic or a guest, whatever, but it, it coincides. There's messages right there. Always. January 22nd. The white man regards the universe as a gigantic machine hurtling through time and space to its final destination. Individuals in it are but tiny organisms with private lives that lead private deaths. Personal power, success, and fame are the absolute measures of value, the things to live for. Anton Lambie. Africans have no fear of death. That is, has the end of things. We understand ourselves as spirit, and spirit has life and death. We understand it has a transition to a higher state of being. We revere aging, not only because of the wisdom that naturally accompanies it, but also because like infants, like infants who have just left the spirit world, elders who are approaching it, are closer to it, thus becoming more psychologically integrated with it. Circulatory is the basis of our thinking. Circulatory, circulatory is the basis of our thinking. You know, in a circle, you know, <laughs> physical death does not end life. We move on to another realm in another spiritual form, if you will, and return again the act of procreation as human beings. Affirm, I fully integrate in life cycle. Affirm, I fully integrated into life cycle. January 23rd. Everything ignoble among African people can be traced back to European, Caucasian extremism, racism, and privilege, better known as white supremacy, Clarence Mumford. Africans raised in European culture are the byproduct of that culture. That culture and its society are responsible for their victims' malcreation. And this malcreation is a direct result of their insatiable need to exploit and abuse others while at the same time remaining blameless. In this racist context of domineering or dominations and oppressed the mind that fabricated white supremacy defends, defends and is responsible for virtually everything good and bad that comes to Africans. And because this psychopathic racial personality, uh, brothers and sisters, let me stop here because uh, Baba Baruti put it in his essay here, Psychopathic Racist Personality is an excellent book by Dr. Bobby Wright, which we'll be talking about very in the very near future. 
Um, contact Mama Nia at the Medu Bookstore. In fact, when I was there a few about a month or so ago, she had a number of copies of the Psychopathic Racial Personalities by Dr. Bobby Wright. Interprets African people as enemy, competition, and ironically superior, and the destructive forces unleashed on us are specifically their doing. The climate of racist hierarchy established in European society and the predatory prey character of the European cultural Sealy personality make it only natural for the ignoble to be perpetrated against and therefore concentrated among African people. From this, we are led to two possible logical conclusions. When you have truly rigorously dissected and analyzed the historical behavior of a conscienceless, conscienceless, blood-sucking parasite and have come to the logical conclusion, scientific conclusion that the parasite absolutely cannot live without killing its victim. And you also must come to the conclusion that if you want its victim to live for more than just to procreate more victims for the parasite, that the parasite must be removed from contact if possible or existence when necessary. We must remove the victim. We must remove the parasite. Affirm, I know the source of all ignoble among my people. Affirm, I must, I know the source of all ignoble among my people. The, the Inya Sasim of daily revolutionary thought. The Inya Sasim of daily revolutionary thought. On this day, on this day, and where am I at? I'm trying to find that. You better be here. Okay, if you ain't here, you must be here. On this day, January 23rd, 1977, I came on the job. I was about a year a year on the Milwaukee Fire Department, and the saga of an African family, of an American-African family, Roots. The series first aired on ABC on this day in 1977, and it was a week, January 30th, 77, when it ended. The African saga of Kunta Kinte and the African village of Kimbebelongo in Gambia. That's right. That's where my good friend Brother uh, Brother Irv is going and, the, and all the other ones who are going to Senegal and Gambia. And of course, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I came on in 76 and so that year of 77, uh, one, of the, one of the classmates, one of the guys that came on with me, he was, a, he was one of the older guys. You know, they had a few older guys you know, who came on? Came on with I wasn't, I wasn't the youngest. That's for sure. And I was probably I was somewhere in the middle. And uh, but anyway, uh, he worked at the fire station. I worked at. Uh, he wasn't assigned there, but he worked there while it was going on. We were all watching Roots, and believe me, we all watched Roots on our day on. We watched Roots, you know. And so he said to me after the program was over, he says, he says, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie Brown. 
That don't, that's all. That's all. I love my mother. I really do. And I, I, I told her, I said, Mama, I'm going to change my name. And you know what she said? Go ahead. You're going to do the shit anyway. <laughs> Why are you asking me? Well, hell, you name me. <laughs> but anyway, so um, he said, was it really that bad? And I said to him, I said, listen, if they're showing it on commercial television, it's worse. It's much worse than what you're seeing. And I left it at that. I left it at that. You know, what's interesting for me is at that time, you know, we, you you grow. You grow in knowledge, if, especially if you're receptive, especially if you listen and you learn and you read. But one thing I, I must say about the fire service that really helped me, because, you, you know, is I had a chance to read. And I became uh, somebody who would do a lot of reading on their days on. Because on my days off, I'm running the streets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being who I am. You know? But even at that, I began to read. Even on my uh, off times, I began to read and reading uh, books on history and so forth. Because I remember a conversation I had that bothers me even to this day. When it's Caucasian, just like, and, and it's pretty much like the conversation that Dr. John Henry Clark had with the priest, not the priest, the, the, the pastor of the church. You know, when, when, when the Caucasian told him, he says, your people have no history, John. You've never done anything. You know, and, I, and, and when Dr. Clark says that in, in, on that particular tape, I feel him. You know, if you know me, you know I, one of our warrior scholars that I have a deep affection for is Dr. I love them all, men and women, but it's Dr. Clark. I can listen to Dr. Clark for hours. I've had a couple of his tapes that I would play, cassette tapes back in the day in my car. For I didn't listen to anything else. And And so this Caucasian said to me, you know, same thing. You know, that your people had no, you had no writing. You know, I didn't know about ancient Kemet. I didn't know about Nubia. I didn't know about all the things that I know now. If I did, I'd have kicked his ass. But all things in time. The bottom line is, if you can start right now, start. But also too, it's going to start for you whenever it's going to start for you. You understand that? So, so if it is at this moment, there it is. Stay on that road. Stay on that track. If you're not on that track, it, you will be, particularly if you're receptive, particularly if you want to know. Because I began, I wanted to know. You know, and so having, you know, um, in fact, I'm going to tell my story this Friday. I'm going to tell my story. I've been asked, so I don't know why anybody wants to really know about me. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> but I'm going to tell my story, and and uh, the interviewer is my good brother, brother Irving Lewis. Brother Irving Lewis, man, I have a lot of love for that young man. 
Hell, he ain't no shit. I'm only six years older than him, I think. Whatever. But anyway, um, Roots came on in 1977. And the impact that it had, the millions of people that watched it, of course, there were no uh, cable. There was no other things to watch like today in today's world. You know, if you, if you get an audience of a few million, that's good. You know, but back then, it's like MASH, the last episode of MASH, 70-something people, you know, almost, you know, two-thirds of American households had MASH on for that final episode. And well over, I'd say, close to half of American households had turned into roots, excuse me, into roots. You know, yeah. Today, our discussion, and we've had this discussion before, you know, critical race theory, which is, you know, um, I know when they were first bringing it out, critical race theory, and how they presented it, I was like, some bull. I mean, I understand. I understand the uh, college course of it, to look at it critically, to look at it and, and analyze it and dissect it for what it is, for what racism has done to us. And, you know, it, see, what has happened in terms of analyzing the effects of European Caucasian extremism, racism, and privilege on our lives, the Caucasian can give less than a rat's ass about its effects. In fact, they don't want to hear it because what they feel, what they believe is that the society has moved on. We we have passed laws. You know, uh, there are advantages for those who have been disadvantaged. No, we ain't talking about compensation. We ain't talking about no reparations. No, we definitely ain't talking about none of that stuff. But you have an opportunity to go to college you have an opportunity to get a good job with good benefits to move into a good neighborhood. So you have these opportunities. So shut the hell up. Oh, damn critical race theory. Trying to make little white kids feel bad about being white. Trying to make little black kids feel bad about being black. You know. Some are inferior, some are superior. We didn't come up with that. You did. You did. I just read to you the in the Inyasasim saying that in the society that you created, these are the mechanisms. You created, this is you, this is not ours. And how we function in this sometimes is just crazy. Insanity. And so Ron DeSantis, who many believe will be the Republican nominee. He he's uh, he, he's Trump, but he ain't Trump, you know, beyond Trump. But he's Trump, you know. And in fact, I I bet you at early on, if Trump could have dropped Pence, but see, Trump needed Pence. He needed the evangelicals. He needed those people. Because many of those people believe that Trump was sent by God. And he wanted them to believe that. He didn't go to church. 
And when some of the evangel- evangelicals were interviewing him, oh, what's your best Bible? But oh, I don't get into that. They're all good to me. I love them all. <laughs> what's your best Bible, ver- Bible verse? <laughs> you know, but he would have uh, jumped at the chance to be the vice president in a heartbeat. And then, of course, as Trump consistently began to fail, his lies catching up with him. I mean, he's just as much George Santos. I mean, yeah, George Santos is just disgusting uh, and uh, just habitual lie. But so is Trump. So is Trump. And of course, Trump was more believable because he had more experience. You know, Trump has been lying for quite a long time. He is an individual who I detested early on when I first saw him on television. You know, and, and it, that's interesting too because when I first saw him on television was the 70s when things begin to change uh, because America being what it is and of course our movement of civil rights and so forth got these Caucasians to understand that they did this and they're wrong. You know, and so affirmative action programs were beginning to uh, be initiated you know um, so forth and then of course there, there were Caucasians that were losing it you know many of the uh, radical thinking not radical thinking many of the conservative thinking Caucasians you know somebody mentioned oh yeah, Irv did mention <laughs> William F. Buckley that asshole you know but they were articulating the situation like that, you know, Pat Buchanan and so forth. And 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 so, you know, we got to take back our country. A movie that came out with uh, Michael Douglas. Can't remember the movie, but uh, he he felt that, you know, he lost a job because of affirmative action. Just all these other things were happening. You know, we got to take back our country. And of course, uh, Alan Bakke, uh trying to get in the university and uh, there were places designated for people of color. I don't like that. I don't like that term either. But so he couldn't get in. So he filed a lawsuit, and that went to the Supreme Court, and he won. And so affirmative action was ended. Just like, just like con- a Reconstruction. Right after our captivity, it was a, f- a part of Reconstruction. Say, well, we're going. I mean, really, that's what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. Understand this: the Civil War between Caucasians in the North and Caucasians in the South was not fought because of our captivity to directly, but it was an economic issue. Lincoln said it. He said, if I can solidify the union without freeing these captives, I do so. It ain't about them. It's just, it's the free labor economy of the South against emerging industrializations of the North. What is going to, you know, reign? And of course, the North won. So if it really was about us, why was it that once the war was over, we got dogged out? We got nothing in the North, South, East, or damn West. We got nothing. There was no programs, but it was a, a reconstruction program, not compensation, not giving land or anything like that, but opportunity for you to vote. For you to have a, 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 a representation in Congress, of course, that didn't last long—ten years. 
It's like affirmative action. That didn't last long, 10 years. I was fortunate enough to take advantage of it. Honestly, do I believe I could have competed with all those, the multitude of Caucasians and and the various uh, uh, educational attainment that they had? I'm being real now. Coming in, no. Especially for me as a high school dropout, got my GED. You know, that was fortunate. There was something inside of me that said, do this. I did it. Because the opportunity came along and knocked. Opportunity knocks. And if you are prepared, you can open the door. But if you're not prepared, you can't even touch the doorknob. So, of course, that ended. And the fire service was one of the occupations that was overtly racist. Still to this day, family. Still to this day. And so they began to hire like they did previous to affirmative action. That's why in major cities, your population may be 60% us, but your fire department might be 50 60, 70, 80% Caucasian, like it is in Milwaukee. Like it is in Milwaukee. Like it is in Chicago. Yeah. Look them up. You can you can get those statistics. Correct me if I'm wrong. Rescue me if I'm wrong. And so the idea of us, you know, because uh, critical race theory is a graduate analysis, graduate course analysis of the effects of racism on the lives of African people and other people of color in this society. And and straight up, it has have it has had deleterious, <laughs> deleterious effects on our lives. Yes, there are some who have been advantaged, some who have took advantage of the advantages that were presented. But on average, still today, if there's a social ill, it's more profound in us than anybody else. More profound in us than anybody else. Less educated. Less unemployed. Less health issues or more health issues. Because that's how it is, family. That's how it is. Okay, I'll call them soon. As soon as I can get off, have this break, which is very soon. We'll take a break more close to the top of the hour, as we always do. I'm going to come back and play a few things. I got a thing I want to read about Ron DeSantis, because he, along with many, so he's not alone in this, but he's been more out front in this because he wants that limelight. He wants, you know, um, 
to prepare that he because more than likely he will be because Trump will not be able to run I believe um, and, I've been, and I've been believing that from a long for a long time that the things that his man has done has got to catch up with him you cannot do what he's done and he has done it overtly sometimes I mean there's proof of him talking to the uh, 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 Secretary of State of Georgia asking for finding votes okay damn that ain't that, that, that voice ain't concealed. It's him, and they know it's him. You know, uh, uh, Sister Fannie Willis right here in Georgia. The case is right there. But it, it, why this drags on? It just shows you how people who have certain privilege can detain uh, the punishment that they deserve because of their position. <laughs> it's unbelievable and and it's going to be a point that he's still probably going to be going through this and of course it starts at the end of this year the election the, 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 the campaigning and so forth it starts in November because the following November is the election 2024 is the election and so you need to set up all the other apparatus you're going to set up and of course, he's done it before, and others have. And and but I believe it's going to be Ron Santos that will be the Republican nominee. He's not um, a centrist. No, he's very conservative. You know, but that's how the Republicans are. That's who they are. It's a damn shame. But let me say this. The Republicans, the Democrats are the same wing of the same filthy, different wing, so to speak, different wing of the same filthy, nasty, funky ass bird. So it doesn't make any difference. Republican, Democrat. That's why I maintain and I'll always say we shouldn't be Republican nor Democrat. We should be independent. We should be so solidly independent that all the Negroes who are Democratic are made to feel ashamed who continue to support a, re, a democratic party that is historically ignored and dissed us. No, no, I would say the Republican Party more ignored us. But the Democratic Party has constantly dissed us, has manipulated us, used us. You know, more American African women was solidly behind the Democratic ticket than any group, any group, and yet they get nothing because Caucasian women voted with their means. They voted with their means. Mm -hmm. The Caucasian women's, they sure did. Even though they had Hillary Clinton back at the time, she should have won the election, so she feels it. They, they didn't vote for her ass. I wouldn't have voted for her for dog catcher, but that's me. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break when I come back from the break. Got a piece I'm going to play for you on, on critical race theory and what it is. So I'm making sure we understand it and how it's manipulated and, of course, some information. And then, of course, your your African perspective. We're moving up to you. 
you can be a part of the, the program by dialing 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
here built from the concrete, baby. Don't get no better than this. Listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network. 
on time for an awakening.com and black talk radio network.com that's right and we're here for you uh, i'm gonna play this particular piece here oh, let me go, usual announcements uh the programming we have of course uh had a lot of programming. I pointed that out a few weeks ago, all the things that were happening when I first came on time for an awakening, and it's going to get built back up, believe me. But right now, like I said, I'll, I'll definitely will announce uh, Black Reality Think Tank uh, in honor of Dr. Rogers with Brother Alfonso Watkins. And I'll get a hold of Brother Alfonso, and we'll talk about when that's going to happen, how it's going to happen. But uh, Friday, on Fridays at 8, from 8 to 10, Fridays from 8 to 10, and that's, um, no, no, actually, Fridays, 8 until, 8 until, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council, they've broadcast the last couple of weeks, so that's cool, and then Sunday at 7 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard, and of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832, 215 Four nine zero nine eight three two. So I'm gonna play this piece on critical, critical race theory, the critical, the criticalness of the race theory. <laughs> yeah. This way, because that's what the speaker is doing. So, oh, yeah, family, I tell you. The whole purpose of. Theory is to provide Americans with a way to understand the legacy of racism, even though those stories sometimes hurt. It's anti-American training that vilifies white people and demands they apologize. The best learning for students about social studies and about our democracy and our country is the learning where students can really grapple with the issues and really come to a deeper understanding of how our past informs our present. All of this revisionist woke curriculum, you are not going to do this to our children. Teachers across the country are caught in the middle of the latest flashpoint in America's culture war, critical race theory. So what exactly is it? And why is there a push to ban it in schools? Critical race theory is a body of ideas and a set of approaches to understanding the history and the present of American society that looks at the ways in which racial unfairness have been woven into the fabric of our institutions. In other words, critical race theory, or CRT for short, is a legal academic framework centered on the idea that racism is systemic. It first started to coalesce in the 1970s when Black, Hispanic, and Asian legal scholars were researching the persistence of inequality despite the landmark legal victories of the civil rights era. The legal scholars undertook a set of analyses and investigations 
that were aimed at trying to make sense of the puzzling persistence of racism in our legal system, in our political system, uh, in our economy. CRT has been studied in fields like sociology, economics, and political science. It's been used to examine issues such as housing and educational segregation, unconscious bias, and criminal justice reform. Contrary to what often critics portray as sort of judging people intrinsically as being racist or not, or or holding people responsible for, you know, uh, slavery in the past, it is actually to open up a conversation of how we all inherit and live in a society sort of beyond our choosing. We didn't choose where we were born or what racial group we were part of, and yet we have this common history. How do we understand that history? What does it mean for us? Those are the sorts of questions that critical race theorists were trying to grapple with. The racial reckoning spurred by the police killing of George Floyd brought the decades-old framework back into the spotlight as some schools sought to implement reforms that better address race in classrooms. I think the thing that critical race theory would add to that conversation is that we not sort of confine that horrific example to Derek Chauvin, but to think about how, well, there were other law enforcement officers present, including officers of color, who stood idly by. And so that pushes us to think about, you know, this phenomenon as not simply one of, you know, racism by whites against blacks, right? I mean, it makes us think more, you know, more critically, more engaged, more seriously around why do these practices happen? The push against CRT gained steam under former President Trump when he directed federal agencies to end any diversity trainings related to critical race theory. Though ultimately blocked on First Amendment grounds and rescinded by President Biden, the fight over CRT at the state level is still in full effect. The focus on CRT is a way to latch onto a concept that very few people sort of really understand, which sounds kind of scary perhaps to someone not, you know, trained in what it means, and latch onto that as a kind of football in this sort of ongoing fight over, you know, the future of this country with regard to racism. As of mid-June 2021, 21 states have introduced bills attempting to restrict the teaching of critical race theory and or impose limits on how race is discussed inside the classroom. And those limits are often vague. And instructors, educators, especially at the K-12 level, will just not go there, will not run the risk of upsetting parents or, you know, being misunderstood or drawing the ire of, you know, lawmakers. In Texas, for instance, House Bill 3979 says teachers must explore current events from multiple positions without giving, quote, deference to any one perspective. There's language in this bill, like teachers need to present a balanced perspective on current events, for instance. You know, they have to they have to do their due diligence to present multiple viewpoints. But what happens if they're talking about an issue in the classroom and they try to present multiple viewpoints, but, you know, the student comes home and tells their parent about the lesson that day, and the parent thinks, well, they didn't do a good enough job of presenting this viewpoint. So who decides when the teacher has done an adequate job of presenting multiple perspectives on an issue? It saddens me and disappoints me that instead of really embracing this opportunity to confront our nation's past and to tell authentic and more accurate narratives about experiences of you know diverse people in this country that we're looking to sweep it under the rug we're looking to 
erase it even further from our memories. And that's what they're doing. They're sweeping it under the rug. Yes, these Caucasians, I swear, I swear. You know, they, um, they're something else, ain't they? They are something else. Yeah. And of course, Ron DeSantis and others uh, are leading the charge against teaching truth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Brother Ron Santos is leading the charge and dealing with that. And uh, <clears throat> many of them are right behind him and following him up. You know, and of course, they got the anti woke, and, you know, and, and, and I don't know if you were said or heard of the, the phrase being woke and what that means. And of course, it comes out of us. We say, you woke, that means you're aware, that means you're conscious, that means you understand. And of course, their whole thing was the anti-woke mob. Say, you know, say no to being woke. <laughs> Middle Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis' key legislative efforts against race education called Stop the Woke Act has been given the green light after the federal judge declined to block it before it, before it took effect on July 1st. The law, which easily moved through the GOP-controlled legislature, would ban lessons and training on race and diversity in schools and in the workplace. It was one of the many nationwide attacks on education in schools under the skies of critical race theory. Critical race theory is a discipline often taught in graduate schools and higher education that seeks to understand how racism has shaped U.S. laws and how those laws have continued to impact the lives of non-Caucasian people, according to scholars of the theory. Supporters of the Stop the Woke Act say that the critical race theory is discriminatory and that people should not be taught that some races or sexes are inherently oppressed or privileged. Woke stands for wrongs to our children and employees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They got Ron DeSantis holding the bill of all the children around him, adults around him, and teachers. They even have a Negro there, of course. The GOP majority pushed it through the legislature this year, legislation this year, and Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis signed it into law. October of last year. No one should be instructed to feel as if they are not equal or ashamed because of their race, DeSanto said in a statement at the time. In Florida, we will not let the far left woke agenda take over our schools and workplaces. There is no place, there is no place for indoctrination or discrimination. In <laughs> you, know, you know, this is, this is comical. But it's not. Because if you understand what has happened to us, the indoctrination and the discrimination that has happened to us, you know, the the laws against us reading, the laws against our freedom of movement. And so, you know, critics of the law say that this is an attempt to impede on education 
about systematic racism and oppression in schools, they also say it impedes on training that could help address issues of bias and prejudice. You know? Critical race theory has been become an umbrella th- term used by the conservatives for lessons on race and diversity, the critics argue. The law was challenged almost immediately. Educators, consultants, and parents filed a lawsuit that said the law infringes on their rights to academic freedom, freedom of expression, and access, and access to information under the First Amendment, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which filed an amicus brief in support of the plaintiffs. Far from indoctrinating students into a so-called woke agenda, educators often struggle to teach about the history and origins of racism, resulting in a generation of high school graduates who lack basic information about the history of this country, according to a study by Learning for Justice, said Southern Poverty Law Center in a statement. HB 7, House Bill 7, would deepen this learning gap as educators, understandably fearful of public threats to police themselves, seek to avoid the penalties embedded in the law for teaching about prohibitive topics, such as the factual disparities in wealth, the factual disparities in wealth, education and housing for African-American people in this country. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. (laughs) They can't. They cannot handle the truth. (laughs) Judge Mark Walker, alongside supporters and critics of the bill, listened to hours-long debate about the bill in a hearing before deciding against temporarily blocking the legislation, allowing it to go through. (laughs) Because you can't handle the truth. They can't. This is a long article from the, The Atlantic. But it's good stuff in here, so I'm going to try to run through some of it and uh, not go through all of it. It's making us more ignorant. And that's a good headline. It's making us more ignorant. DeSantis' anti-critical race theory legislation is already changing how professors in Florida teach because they're scared. Jonathan Cox, brother named Jonathan Cox, the brother, faced an agonizing decision. He was scheduled to teach two classes this past fall at the University of Central Florida that would explore colorblind racism. (laughs) The concept that obviously race-neutral practices can't have a discriminatory impact. That's right. Because when you don't look at it, you know, you're not going to deal with it. You know, colorblindness. (laughs) The second... Race and ethnicity included a reading on the myth of the colorblind society. An assistant sociology professor, Cox, has taught both courses before. They typically draw 35 to 40 undergraduates apiece. Oh, you know what I did, family? This is one of those things, one of those articles that you got to that you got to pay for. So uh, I had it up there and it was cool. And now, of course, I don't have it. You know, because I didn't pay for it. And so now there are 
asking me and offering me these. Um, so, well, <laughs> sometimes I try to find stuff, but I wasn't aware that the Atlantic was going to ask me to pay, so they cut they cut the art. So I was about only going to read about a, a paragraph of it, but you get the picture. You understand what we're talking about here, you know, and it is ignorance. They cannot handle the truth. They don't want to um, deal with the things that that we have gone through that has made us behave the way we behave. They don't want to deal with that. They can't handle the truth. You know? And you know what? I'm going to say this to you. I give less than a rat's ass, honestly. I, I really do. Because as a Pan-Africanist, as a cultural nationalist, as somebody who believes in independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty for African people, they have what they have. We should have what we need and to have. The curriculum that we go through should be ours. The studies that we have should be ours. We should be able to find a publisher for the information that we need and we mass produce. The schools, the schools should be just like what Baba Baruti has. But a real school, I mean, I, I saw a piece where Umar was, was bragging on he's got a real school. Well, if you do, brother, and I love Umar Johnson. If you do, open it up. Make it a reality. You say you got some buildings, it ain't happening. And so don't be ragging on the people who got a school in a storefront or in a hall or in, in a basement of a church. So wherever these brothers and sisters can get a school at to begin to educate our children, support it. If they are independent, support it. I got, a, I got a real school. Well, you do? You've been saying that shit for like five years now. Even before I came, even before I moved to Atlanta, which is eight years ago. Time does fly, doesn't it, family? Yes, it does. No, yes, it does. But this issue is critical for us. And what Ron DeSantis has done and other school, uh, other states have done, so be it. So be it. Because what it is saying to you is this is who we are. Yes, the Democratic Party wants to be more inclusive. The Republican Party can give less than a rat's ass and the Negroes in it because they think that is what's best for the society. They think that is what's most fair. <laughs> Please. And, and for me, to, for, for these Negroes, on, on both in the Democratic and Republican Party, not to look at our situation. And also, too, to look at our situation globally because they don't feel that they're African. I don't care about what happens to Africans in the Caribbean, Africans in the diaspora, Africans on the continent. I'm an American black man. I'm an American black man. It's like those who I recognize and see that for who they are. 
I detest them. Because some of them are very intelligent, but they have sided with the, the creature comforts of this kind of society. They are sided with the issue of the capital system, the money that can be made, the things you can do. You know, when I say that, my uh, Stephen A. Smith's face comes to mind. Um, uh, what's his name? Harvey comes to mind. You know, Steve Harvey comes to mind. These cats, these these Negroes and Negroettes, who just love the materialism. And of course, we suffer. We suffer. Mm -hmm. That's why, because of what they've done, the society in itself will be more ignorant. But also, too, the society never wanted that because the society is controlled and run by Caucasians, never wanted to really deal with it. I don't give a damn what political parties and is uh, uh, in power. They never wanted to earnestly deal with the issues of African people. Understand, when the uh, re Reconstruction happened, of course, all those brothers and, and sisters, the brothers who retained office, were Republican. They were Republicans. The Dixiecrats is the ones that uh, <clears throat> those Democratic folks were the ones that supported lynchings and supported any kind of inability for uh, the so-called freed people from really exercising that freedom. And of course, the later the creation of the Ku Klux Klan and other right-wing groups in which today, but of course that flipped, that flipped during the Roosevelt time. It flipped during the Roosevelt time. It became more hardcore evident during um, Nixon and of course Johnson against Goldwater. Goldwater out of Arizona was a hard right Republican, right wing Republican. Not as bad as some of these folks today, though. <laughs> but nonetheless, and that's how that whole piece began to evolve. You know, and that's why to me, I. You know, I, I remember Edward Brooks as a Republican back in the 70s, 80s. You know, different then. Republicans were more moderate, I believe. There were some right wings. I don't know. I wasn't that involved in the politics anyway. But somebody may call and once again rescue me if I'm wrong. I don't give a damn about the political party is the serious point I'm making here and we should not. It doesn't matter. But to me, what they're doing with the uh, uh, ban the woke act that you can't be woke because being woke means that you're conscious, that means you're aware that you mean you hip. No. <laughs> Man. Because <laughs> in that article, I wanted to bring attention to this cat named Christopher uh, Wolfo, I think his name is. And um, he's the one that, when the first early on challenging critical race theory and, and through a, some, some rationality, he was able to 
uh, convince society in itself that this is not good. That's what he did. You know. Yeah. And, and so as a consequence, you know, we um, we have suffered. We have truly suffered. I might try to find another piece that's, that's here that I could read. And, you know, it's making us more ignorant. You know, I don't know if I need to find these things and read it or not, because when you get the picture, you understand, especially for the listeners to this program, because I've talked about it a number of times, and we discussed it on, on the air a number of times. And so, you know, the only thing that has changed is that these laws have gone into effect. And so across the, across the country, there are many states that challenge it. And so you now, just as uh, the article I was going to read, the, the brother Professor Cox at Central Florida, you know, he had to cancel those classes, go into a class that's more safe because he didn't want to get fired. He's not tenured. He's not tenured. So he didn't want to get fired. He, he's, he has a wife and a child. Wife is taking care of the child, so that's, that's the only income for the family. And that's what happens when you can get censorship. You make people kowtow to you. Yeah. I tell you, family, it, it's, I don't understand why we continue to be here thinking that we can change this, thinking that we can appeal to these Caucasians, I don't give a damn if you call them Republican or Democrat or anything else. These Caucasians, period, because they're all the same, that we can appeal to them to respect our humanity. We can appeal to them to understand what they have done to us and, of course, you know, uh, give us some redress. Give us some reparations, maybe. Give us some more inclusion and be not so discriminatory that when we look at the prison industrial system that is more profound in us than anybody else, when you look at education, uh, the lack of attainment is more profound in us than anybody else. When you look at health care issues in a negative sense, more profound in us than anybody else. So what makes us think that these Caucasians who run the society, who, who, who dominate, because this is theirs, this is their culture, That's why I keep saying there, it's not about race. Because there's no such thing as race. There's no such thing as race. It's not a real construct. It's real in terms of implementation of a racist construct. But it's not real biologically. It is not real. And as a consequence, those who implement it, those who practice it, Europeans, Caucasians, impose it. And so therefore, we, who's the, who is their ire, we suffer. We suffer. Because we don't understand it. It's Stevie Wonder, that Stevie Wonder said, that great visionary, when you believe in things, 
you don't understand, you suffer. And we are a suffering people because we believe what the European, our oppressor, those who continue to dog us out, we believe them. I don't believe a damn thing. I wouldn't believe nothing. I wouldn't take the word of a for anything, especially as it relates to us and our humanity and our salvation and our our existence. No. They have proven they are liars. Give us a call. Give me give us a call at 215-490-9832. There's a number you in the queue. Uh I see you, Sister Mama Nabantu. Let me let me pull you up there. Mama Nabantu. Greetings, greetings. Greeting my sister. You? I'm doing well. Uh next Good. next Friday, uh every the first Friday of each month is um Pan African Federalist Movement Friday. And so that's gonna oh, be on, yeah, that's gonna be on the third. So every first Friday, uh mm. we'll talk to members of the African Pan African Federalist Movement. We'll get updates on activities in various locations uh, across the across the states or even out of the country, how things are going on the continent, which is the most important, because it is on the continent that the that the impact has to be made. It's not here. We're yeah. we're we're mobilizing people here to affect what happens on the continent because that's that's the deal, you know. So we're gonna that's do it. that. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every, yeah. Every first Friday. Yeah. So uh by also bringing to the people what we can do here. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. join the, join the Pan African Federalist movement or any other movement that seeks independence, self determination, and liberation and sovereignty for us as a people. You know, I also too like to see some uh, coordination, uh, some unification mm-hmm. in that area. I think that's one of the main things that that hinders us from making this a reality. There's still so many damn other organizations. Uh, I was telling Brother Irv uh, Lewis that. Uh, I'm going to be in Balt- Baltimore. I'm going to go to the uh, uh, Ron Daniels uh, piece that's going to be coming out. You know, his piece. Uh, when, is, when is that? That's uh, April. Uh, let me give you the correct so I can be. Correct. Oh, I think I saw that on yeah. my email. You do? Yeah. 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 I asked him, I left a message for him about whether or not we can get uh, somebody from the Pan African Service Movement to uh, get a chance to speak during that time. Yeah. I think it's four days, right. if I'm not mistaken. Right. It's, so uh, I have to check to is. see if he responded. Mm-hmm. It's uh, April yeah. April 19th to the 23rd. April 19th mm-hmm. to the 23rd in Baltimore. And uh, But I looked at all the people that are supposed to be invited. I didn't see Dr. Ericana uh, uh, Chiambori's name on there either with the African Diaspora Development Institute. Mm-hmm. I didn't see her. She's mm-hmm. key. And she's critical. But all of us are right. critical and key to this, right? You know, yeah, right. When he calls it a global meeting, mm-hmm. then it yes. needs to have the folks there. Mm-hmm. You know, but basically, uh, we are on the move right now to identify as many Pan African organizations across the country, mm-hmm. um, getting on the radios, getting in the newspapers. I mean, we're right at the point where we've got to get this information out. To as many of our people as possible. Well, so that know. when we have our Congress in December 2023, uh, we have enough delegates from each of those 
regions in, uh, across the continent and the Caribbean to be representatives so we can make some major decisions about what needs to be done, what's the strategy to make this happen. Well, you know, and one of the things that I know is problematic, many of the leaders of, of the countries in Africa don't want that to happen. They want it to be 54 autonomous countries is bullshit because they're not effective. They're not working for the people. They're in, they're enriching individuals and families. You know, the people are still suffering. And, of course, entering into contracts with Chinese and uh, uh, Caucasians and Asians and Indians and so forth to get the mineral wealth out of Africa, it's a damn shame. Because what needs to happen is that Africa needs to unite because all the riches that are under the feet of African people have been manipulated and many of the uh, uh, so-called leaders have utilized this. And that has been going on since uh, independent days in the 60s, you know, after the colonizers. In fact, they never stopped colonizing. <laughs> no. After they were getting independence, you know, from various countries, they still, I mean, just, to, you know, still in South Africa. They run South Africa. The Caucasians run South Africa. You know, I always said, Mama Nabantu, if you are in, if you are in control of the money, and you're in control of the military, you're in control. I don't give a damn how many dark faces you have in high places. I don't give a damn how everything else runs the educational system, anything else. If you're in control of those two, you're in control, and they are That's in control. You mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing. Wow. In, same thing in Namibia. You know, and, that, and mm-hmm. elsewhere, many other places uh, throughout the African continent. Uh, in fact, what I should have did was uh, utilize and or took that article I read on France. Mm-hmm. You know, because France is still one of the biggest colonizers mm-hmm. in Africa. Mm-hmm. Still, many of the countries that France has colonized since prior, since prior to the 1960s, they still control many of those countries still utilize uh, 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 francophone or French French money and so forth. So, I mean, we we as a Pan-African organization, or we as those of us who are Pan-Africanists, you know, we need to solidify this and kick all of their ass out. Kick the Europeans out, the Chinese, the Indians, the Arabs, all of them. I know that's wishful thinking, of course. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Without but, some bloodshed. Yeah, exactly. But that's what it's going to take. And, and, and to me, you know, when you have, when you have a, a organization that's supposed to speak to peace on the planet, United Nations and stuff like that, even when you come to them, it's not effective because there are some countries that have more sway, have more, like the Security Council of the United Nations. Those organ, those countries that are European, I think, uh, I don't know if Russia is still in there. They were, were in there. Maybe, I don't know, but I don't give a damn. But the deal is this. You should be able to come to the United Nations and state to the United Nations what has happened to Africa over these many hundreds of years that the the only real claim that we as African people have is the continent of Africa. We're dispersed all over the world and everywhere around the world we dogged out. We are mistreated. Even the Chinese 
when the when the Chinese when that uh, when the flu began to happen or the, the uh, uh, when 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 the Chinese pandemic was happening and so forth and Chinese were ch- and, and Africans were trying to get out were denied the ability to leave and so forth or or, or said now you got to get to a, the back of the train or wait for another train or whatever constantly getting dogged out. I remember watching a piece where these Chinese broke into these the dormitories these, where African students were in China, you know, and kicking their ass. But yet, we welcome here. In fact, many, unfortunately, sisters have married these Chinese. So these Chinese can have some claim to African land. And yet there's cases where uh, Chinese have made fun of us, have dogged us out, manipulated us. You know, there has to be a point where the Pan-African Fellows Movement along with other African organizations come together and say, that's it. It is no more. We are taking control. Not not these uh, figureheads in these various countries that still have names uh, 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 tied to former colonizers, but we are changing this whole, damn it, this whole dynamic. And, and we must have the courage to do so. We must develop the leadership to do so. You know, yeah. I mean, because you know, my mother Bantu, we 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 talk. I've been to these meetings. I've been to these lectures. I, you know, many times, and we talk about it. But there has to come a point where the move is made. Because yeah, we talk it, but but we we need some action where the move is made. It's just like uh, uh, Ron Daniels' piece in Baltimore. I've been to a number of of his pieces, his conferences. You know. Heard some nice mm-hmm. presentations and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like I'm quite sure it's just like all the other things that I, I I've been to and were in existence and done prior. The only thing that was different for us really was Marcus Garvey in the mm-hmm. 1920s. That was the only thing that was different. All the other, sh- excuse me, excuse me, shit that came after that in ACP Urban League. SELC, I can go on with a whole alphabet of organizations. Ain't been about shit since I already said it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> has it really, no, no, has it relates to uh, 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 our independence, self determination, liberation, and sovereignty? None of them. And none of them really ain't been about nothing about securing our rights. Look what's happening in our, with what the program was today about. Talking about, here we're talking about. Uh, uh, talking about history correctly and looking at history from our viewpoint, but yet these crackers, they say, no, I don't want you to talk about what happened to you. Damn what happened to you. And I don't want you to make my kids feel bad because of what happened to you. Right. It's dumb. It is. It makes you more Mm -hmm. ignorant. You don't want to hear the truth. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, either, either we move in that direction, either we move in that direction, you know, the, the model of this program, Mama Nabanto, as you know, is Pan-Africanism or perish, unify or die. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. There ain't, there ain't no other choice. There ain't no other alternative. There is no other discussion. Either we do that or we're done. That's it. That's it, you know. So sorry mm-hmm. about getting all emotional, Mama Nabanto, but you know how I get sometimes. You know, <laughs> but I'm really a nice guy, aren't I? Mama Devonta. Yeah, <laughs> of course. 
And we, we really appreciate the fact that you are doing this and allowing us to take that one one day a month, you know, yes. because that means we got 11 more times to promote what we're doing to all the Pan-African groups. I mean, we all know what we want, right but we have to come together and make it happen. Yeah. We well, well we one of the things in organizing all the other Pan-African groups, they all have an opportunity to, to come on this program as well and to state what That's they're great. doing and how they can, you know, since we, because we need this. We need to communicate yeah. with one another. Right. We need to we need to enter into agreements with what we're going to do. We need to we need to give out assignments and and and, and give deadlines, datelines, and so forth about activity. This has to progress. It has to progress beyond just the talking stage. There must be some implementation. One of the things that uh, as I'm entering to, and I know unfortunately we both are Mama Nabantu, our, our 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 last few years. You know we don't know how long, and we hope it's not. We hope it's a long time, but in reality, we have more years behind us than we possibly have ahead of us. And what we want to see is progress and movement in that direction. Absolutely. You know, that's what we want to see. Are we moving in yeah. that direction? You know, we want okay. we want to, we want to see the continent of Africa moving in that direction, where uh, other uh, countries maybe are setting regional agreements between one another. That are trying to move mm-hmm. towards a, a, a continent-wide agreements between one another, you know, understanding all these boundaries that you see on a political map were not drawn by us, but were drawn by Europeans. We want to see too where uh, uh, countries who understand that, the, like Cameroon, Cameroon means shrimp. You know, mm. it means shrimp. You know, oh, so wow. instead of not, instead of what was Cameroon called, or was it part of? The Ghana, the, the Ghana Empire, or you know, Mali Empire, or, mm-hmm. you know, Songhai sure Empire, was. yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm saying is that, you know, if you want to keep that, that, I don't give a damn. That's fine. But how do you govern? What do you mm-hmm. do for the people? How is this? How do you network with other countries around you? So we need to end all this pettiness, all this superficialness and become one solid Africa. I think everybody understands that, but how are we going to implement that? Because there's no doubt about it. If Africa came on the scene as one solid block, then we can really make an an impact on the United Nations or any other world body because we're coming with over a billion people and we're coming with resources. We're coming with resources. At the end of, of at the end of every one of these programs, I'll talk about the resources that are under the feet of African people that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and shown the hell, damn it, don't want to pay for. There you go. You know, that's mm-hmm. a fact. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. So if any, so if if, if any uh, entity across this world wants to do something technologically, the resources to make that happen are under the feet of African people. That's it. You know, and the other thing about that too, Mama Nabantu, is that the pre- preparing our people to be producers. I, I've played numerous times. Um, yeah, brother, brother Paul, come on in, my brother. Brother Paul, come on in. How you doing, brother Paul? Yeah, I'm gonna get... Oh, hello, hello, Bubba Oh, Yes, sir. I can. 
Oh, oh wow, that was quick. quick. Okay, well, listen, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to put you on hold, and so I'm going to finish talking to Mama Nabantu, and you're up next, okay? Thank you. Okay, sure. Yep. You know, that, that here we are, you know, we can develop programs globally that can move. Because, see, I always play that um, piece by this Caucasian named uh, Howard Nicholas where he's addressing these more than likely other Caucasians because, to me, it's a, the, the whole his presentation is a front. It is, is, is just really sickening. You want to makes me want to go through the thing and beat his ass. Talking about Africa must remain poor. We must make sure Africans don't want don't want to produce nothing. We must make sure that Africa's resources are cheap to us. We want to make Africans continue. And if we got to kill, he doesn't say that, but that's the bottom line. If we got to kill Africans, let's do so to so we can keep those resources coming in. Those you know, and and yet. He's saying this, but they're doing it. And it's affecting us as a people and our inability to be a world player instead of the pawns that we are. You know? So, all right, Mama Nabantu. All right. Appreciate you. And we look forward to uh, the first Friday next month. That's right. Yeah. Every first Friday, dear. All right, Mama Nabantu. Okay. Peace. All right. Peace. All right, Brother Paul. How you doing today, man? Baba Ochi, Baba Ochi. I'm alive, man. So if I'm alive, I can do better. That's better right. I must do, Baba Ochi. That's right. Stay alive, yeah, man. Yeah, it's so, it's so, absolutely, absolutely. Live and kicking. But Baba Ochi, you know, it's interesting some of the points you were raising there. And uh, I was thinking, I'm in a WhatsApp group, and um, I put something on the group, and a brother around and he made a small criticism he says you know sometimes we're too hard on ourselves and um yeah i you know that that that's come across to me sometimes but i think it is necessary that we are hard on ourselves yes i would agree hard, hard, yeah absolutely and hard for the purpose of keeping us focused yes because you know, i don't need to tell you and the people who listen to this show we have a constant enemy who works three, uh, 24-7, 365 and, uh, to, to devise all forms of attacks on every level. But when you're talking about um, the criticism, this, this um, person in government trying to attempt to pass a law to uh, stop the truth being taught, you know, I was thinking about that. You know, there's a type of... Um, it, 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 logic which comes about when you panic and to me when i when i listen to how you articulated that it seems to me that this that's what's happened you, you can't pass a law to hide the truth because the truth can't be hidden you understand and the reality of it is with technology nowadays you cannot hide the truth i'm telling you from an it type person you can't hide it anything which can be encrypted can be broken. Anything that goes up on the internet can be can be ascertained. And trust what I say. You just those who have the knowledge can get it. So the bottom line is, as you've seen from some of the stuff I've sent you, I I actually know that some of this stuff is actually getting out before it even gets in America. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Said. And you've been and sending that and you, is the part. And you've been sending me some good stuff, brother. Appreciate it. Keep it coming. Thanks, brother Paul. 
And that is that is that is the power of technology today. Yeah, and yet technology has its drawbacks, but it also has its advantages. So anybody who's trying to pass a law to hide the truth, they're in dumb dumb land. <laughs> they are absolutely in dumb dumb land. Yeah. Do not overstand the times we're living. Yeah. And it's, it's and it's that measure of truth which is going to make the, the, the critical change. Because for me personally, change isn't a thing you ask for. Change isn't even a thing you pray for or beg for. Change is constant. Change is in nature. Because if change wasn't in nature, we would be born babies and stay babies. You don't. You constantly change. The only, the only problem is, is for those who do not ride the wave of change or, do, or, or, or are slow to adopt change or get stuck in the past or get stuck in rhetoric or get stuck somewhere and believe in their minds that nothing's changing, but everything always changes. It's just a matter of riding that wave of change. And from the time I've become so-called conscious, I've seen many changes, massive changes, um, in terms of people's awareness and this thing they call the woke. And that's why they, that, that's why they have a problem with wo uh, um, being woke, because many people are woke. You understand? Yes. They just don't know how to use that energy and um, and and use it for 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 um, progressive gain. They just don't have that ability mm. at the moment, but it will come, and it's coming. You know, so you know, yeah, we do have to be hard on ourselves, but we also have to re realize our our advantages. And when I look at technology, and when I look at the way things are going in terms of people's mental development and their awareness, there's some, there's a conclusion I come to. One, you can't hide the truth. Nobody, nothing can hide the truth. I mean, you can try and bury it, but it will find its way to the surface. And secondly, there's a divine order out here. No matter what man does, there's a divine order which we're all going to have to bow down to in the end. So, you know, for us and people like us who are conscious, we just have to do the right thing and right keep on. doing what we do. Right on, Paul. Thank you, my brother. Let me try to get some more calls. I got to... Get out of here at one o'clock, so we got only a few more minutes. Thank you, Brother Paul. Six four six six four six. Good afternoon. Okay. Four four three four four yeah. three. Good afternoon, Brother Oshi. Brother Marcus here. Hey, Brother Marcus. I'm just joking, Oshi. It's Irving. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> 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 yeah, they maybe do a double take, man. <laughs> Stop I it. love that. I love that, brother, man. Yeah, I do too, man. Believe me, I do. Look, <laughs> look I truly, I, I 120%, 200 infinity agree with Brother Paul. Mm -hmm. Brother Paul understands something that a lot of people don't, don't really, but they say it, but they don't believe it. The divine order of this universe is already set. When you go, that's why when you see a man in women's clothes, you 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 cringe a little bit because he has a beard and a dress on because it's, it appears to be unnatural to you. Mm -hmm. When you see uh, someone being excessively mean to someone, you know, and that is powerful, you go, "Dad, mm -hmm. you ain't got to be like that." Because the divine order of things, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to go against the universe. We have to work with the universe. That's right. why he's talking about global warming. Global warming is the effects of black people, I mean, white people abusing this 
this world. That's right. That's what global warming is. So if you want to blame somebody, blame yourself. You're sitting here telling the people in India not to burn coal, but yet you fly a, a jet plane with two people on it to go to a concert, <laughs> and you done burned more coal than yeah. 200, 100,000 of them. So stop telling everybody else to conserve when you're doing whatever you want to do in this country because you have money, and it's not really money. It's no. really nuclear bombs. That's what people yeah. are afraid of. They're afraid of the of the militarism that we have. That's right, because so that's what – Cause that's what backs it up, you know. That's what that's, backs it up. Our money, our up. money is worth nothing. Nothing. It's worth but nothing. The, except for the nukes we got. That's right. The that ability we will unleash on you. And if we, we don't do the nukes, we'll do the we'll do the economic jackals. We'll do yeah. the, the financial jackals. We'll send them into your country and destabilize your government and change your government and take it over. That's right. So no, this country has been doing this stuff for a long time. And if you get into critical race theory, then you, all these things are going to be exposed because then you'll start thinking for yourself. You'll start analyzing things. You'll start. Critically thinking. Critic I'm gonna think critically. I'm gonna really think about this hard and find out what exactly is he saying. Exactly. Instead of just saying, uh uh, I'm not gonna chop down a cherry tree. I'll never tell a lie. Yeah. You're, a, you're a damn lie. That was a lie. That's a lie. Oh, she's up let, against it, bro. You, you gotta get going. Okay. Thank you for taking my no, no, thank you, Good brother. talk later. Peace. Peace. That's brother brother Irv. He'll be interviewing me this Friday, family. This Friday, my good brother. Uh four oh four, four oh four, good afternoon. Four four. Good afternoon. Good Hello? afternoon, Habia. How are you, dear? Yeah, I'm. I'm good. Be good. Enjoying your program. So Thank much. you. Thank you. And you know, just wanted to you know shout out and say how much we appreciate that. Looking so forward to um, you know, the Pan African move. The oh yeah, Pan definitely. movement every uh, every Monday, first, every first uh, Monday. We had talked about that at the meeting, and mm-hmm. that is going to be so awesome. Yep, every first and, Monday. Uh, you know, appreciate that. You know, I, I really I was, um, and I wanted to see if you could give out the number uh, again or how we can, because um, I'm still tuning in with TuneIn, and one of the reasons I called, because they just cut off, you know, oh. they cut you off, and they'll keep you off about three or four minutes. I, so wow, I'm yeah. calling, can you tell us again how we can uh, bypass them? It was another way we could bypass them, I understand. Okay, I think it's, uh, Brother Paul gave me this. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, because it is long. Uh, and, and I'll give it to you when you call me back after one o'clock, okay? Oh, okay. okay Please do okay. call me yeah, back after one o'clock. It was another o'clock. station too, right? It was some other kind of right. Well, no, it's 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 through Centova uh, and it's through app. Time for an Awakening, but it's not through uh, uh, um, um, what you call. It's not through the 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 uh, the phone app. It's not through there. You know, it's 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 through. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Not tune in. Right, right. right. It's not tune in. It's not tune in. So Yeah, they interrupt that on on, uh, the show that um, the brothers have on on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're interrupting them today. so it, well, yeah, I mean, you know, people said it's happened on on time for an awakening itself. But if you go on, if you go on tune in to get to our programs, then you're going to get, because it happened to me. I was listening to, um, I can't remember which program. It's on our it's, it's on our network, you know, but they kept every half hour, 40 minutes, they give me commercials for about right, least three, right. three, four minutes, three or four minutes. Right, you know? that's what they, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. experiencing, yeah. Right. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll do yeah. that for you. All right. Okay, well, I appreciate that then. All right, okay. sister, peace. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brother Jay. Yeah, what's going on, OT? Well, listen, man, it's 1 o'clock. I got to go off. You know? Well, hey, hey, listen, I just wanted to um say to you or ask you a question. Quickly. When are they going to give you all your reparations? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. I, I, I really need to know when are y'all going to get your, your reparations because until you are in a position to force them to give you Reparations, they gonna just toy with you like yeah. a cat toy with a mouse. I hear you. Well, That's the, all. Okay. They gonna just play games with you. you. They ain't gonna give you. They ain't gonna give you no reparations. I, I mean, I that's a fantasy of fallacy. Unless, unless I tell you how you may get reparations. If they what need to boost the economy in this country, right. well, that's what it, that's so what was considered many years they ago. They need to give Negroes money to give it right, right. back to the white man. And that's how it would be. So listen, I got to go, Jay. I got to go. Call earlier next time. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, Love y'all, family. I you got to go on that note. All right. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind, but not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources everybody wants. They, they can't do it out, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, have a blessed and wonderful day. Shim Hotel means go in peace. Isante Sana means thank you. Bibi Vahadier, Bibi means our victorious destiny. Family, we will be victorious. Peace, family. <laughs>